We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello and welcome back to another thursday edition of a pack a day podcast wherever you may be and however you may be listening thank you so much for making us part of your day my name is nick schmitz i am your host today and uh we are, what, two days from Christmas Day. So Christmas Day this year, I mean, I know not everybody celebrates Christmas Day. I do. I personally do. Christmas is my wife's favorite holiday. It's one of my favorite holidays. And this year, for all of us, we're going to be celebrating, you know, in some type of way because, guys, we got a game in two days. So enjoy your Christmas if you celebrate. If you don't. Enjoy whatever holidays, festivities you may be celebrating this time of year. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Christmas time. It's the holidays. It's time for family and football and food and all that kind of fun stuff. And we as Packer fans this year, we get all that plus a Packer game on Saturday. I keep saying Sunday this week whenever I'm referring to anything. And so my co-host for tonight has been correcting me. Uh, Jacob, welcome to the show. Uh, I know, I'm pretty sure you're a Christmas celebrator, correct? Begrudgingly, but yes. Begrudgingly, but why begrudgingly? I used to work in retail for a pretty long period of time. So I am jaded toward the general materialism and I had some really spoiled friends that would spend like weeks bitching about what they did and didn't get for Christmas once we turned a certain age. Uh, but I will say it is a little more fun now that my daughter is getting a little bit older and likes opening presents and getting new stuff. So I do enjoy that part of it, but I am spending Christmas day at Lambeau field. So I have no complaints whatsoever about, about my Christmas this year. And you're not even having to pay to be there, which is also a bonus. So yeah, it's good to, as the great, uh, the greatest single solo artist in the history of music once said, I've got friends in low places, and it's good to have friends in low places. Cena felt, well, yeah, may, maybe some days, depending on who you ask. But, uh, well, anyway, uh, yeah, that'll, that's, uh, I, I share your sentiment with it. My big thing about Christmas now as, as like a full-fledged adult married and everything is that it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money. 
and I just like, and not that I, not that there's any problem with it. I'm just ready for it to, to be here and be over at this point, because there's just so much has gone into it. I thought we were done Christmas shopping like 20 days ago and nope, we were, we were out last night. What'd you get Annie for Christmas? This is a test. Does she listen to the show or not? Well, see, here's the problem is I can't say that because she's sitting down the hall and I don't think I can say it out loud without her hearing. So that's that's the real problem with that is because I was thinking that I was like, well, maybe I can put it out there what I got her for Christmas. But I, you know, if she overhears, because I'm going to be very sad if she finds out before Christmas Day, it, we'll, we'll revisit this next week because more than likely what I'm going to end up doing is I'm going to have to end up videotaping her opening the gift and then probably put it on Twitter for people to see because um, I've, I've sold it to her as the best Christmas gift she's ever going to get from me, which is, I mean, without, I mean, I, again, it's, it's, it's not helpful to the listener right now because I can't tell them what it is yet, but um, Jacob, you know, and I helped they, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you were, you were part of the process. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I don't know, Jacob, if, if me telling her this is the best gift she's ever going to get for me, is this setting the bar pretty low for her, like for Christmas? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Knowing, I know Annie. So knowing Annie, I think that you are correct in that sentiment. Okay. All right. Well, not that it matters anymore because everything's all said, done with, paid for. So, and yeah, and considering in about six months it'll be a novelty item, that raises it in value. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I think there's a lot of sentiment for that. But uh, so, if you're curious, if I haven't already sold you or bored you yet on this. Tune in next week and or keep an eye out for the video on Twitter in a few days because uh, that'll definitely be going up. So, all right. Well, enough about Christmas. I know uh, you guys are not here to listen to Jacob and I ramble on about what we're doing for Christmas other than watching Packers football, which is, again, what we're all going to be doing on Christmas Day regardless of how you celebrate. So, Jacob, let's talk about this game against the Browns. Um, well, before we get into the Browns game, let's – Talk about the Packers defense from this past weekend um, through three and a half quarters. It looked pretty good. It looked a lot, a lot like what we've seen in the past, which is kind of Ben, Ben don't break, you know, 17 points allowed what about with about nine and a half minutes to go in the game. And then things started to fall apart and, you know, I don't know what everybody's thought about thought was about the Ravens going for two at the end of the game, whether you agreed with it or disagreed with it. Um, I personally was like, yeah, I would, they had all the momentum and I don't know why you would want to give Aaron Rodgers the ball back. Um, the only reason I guess I Jacob that I thought it was a mistake for Baltimore to go for two at the end of the game was because even if you made it, Aaron Rodgers still had 42 seconds and a timeout to go down the field and kick a field goal. So like, I didn't really think you were giving yourself that much of an advantage, um, even if they had converted it. Now, I mean, it doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers is hundred percent in that situation and he's going to score, but um, that was the only reason why I disagreed with it personally. But um, what do we take away from this Packers defense from this past weekend? And there's a couple of things um, two weeks in a row. Now they've played mobile quarterbacks in Justin Fields. And I don't even know this guy's name from Baltimore. I, I should Tyler Huntley, Tyler Huntley. And see, I always confused it with Hunley, which is they're not the same last name. Um, 
but so is mobile quarterbacks just an issue for Green Bay? I mean, what's you know because you know they they might have to play Kyler Murray Kyler Murray in the playoffs, and they did well against him as far as containing him and not letting him run that much when they played earlier this year. Um, but you know that could be an issue. Uh, Dak Prescott, I mean, he's not. He's not on the same level, but I mean, he can move around better than, say, Tom Brady or Matt Stafford can. Um, but mobile quarterbacks, you know, we, and I'm sure most people have brought this up, but, you know, people mentioning Colin Kaepernick playoff games, and we all know what that's like. I mean, this seems to be an issue for Packers defenses. So is this something we should be concerned about moving forward into the playoffs? Uh, yes. Um not entirely for the same reasons that you, that you mentioned there mobile quarterbacks invoke a different kind of challenge because this Packers team is built to rush the passer. And in order to rush the passer like that, you got to be able to push the pocket and they just haven't done a very good job about that. They haven't stayed in their rush lanes. Garrett, Rashawn, Gary, Preston Smith, Tipa Nalea, Jonathan Garvin. I thought all of them had a really rough go as far as keeping Huntley in the pocket and the same was true a couple of weeks prior against current hall of famer, Justin Fields, but they haven't been able to, to push that pocket in and collapse down to where those escape lanes just aren't as prevalent. The reason this is an issue to me, isn't the fact that they struggled against two mobile quarterbacks. albeit one of them. Like I mentioned, a current hall of famer is that those are two really bad offenses that they played against. And you mentioned that the first three quarters were pretty good. I don't agree with you i i understand they had only given up 17 points but they'd been walked up and down the field the ravens had punted once to that point in the game of the fourth quarter uh they failed a fourth down inside the five yard line so that easily could have been a touchdown for them now to the packers credit they made those plays they buckled down when they had to and they weren't but it's tyler huntley and basically mark andrews i know marquise brown had i keep doing that marquise brown had a big game in terms of catching the ball, he had 10 catches for 43 yards, but it was basically catch, tackle, catch, tackle. So a possession type receiver, which Marquise, one of these days I'll get it right. Hollywood Brown is not that. Mark Andrews, though, that's the only guy on that side of the ball you got to stop. And you saw what like the Ravens thought for the rest of the Packers receiving core of basically doing some prime Randy Moss stuff to Devontae Adams. Take that, trying to take him away. And I didn't think the Packers did a very good job of trying to take Mark Andrews away. Now, I know he's a really good player, and really good players are going to get theirs anyways. But this is a defense that's supposed to be championship level. And a lot of people, myself included, wrote stories, talked on shows about how this could finally be that defense that can carry the Packers when the offense isn't having their best day. And since the shutout against Seattle, they're giving up an average of 30 points per game. And if you go up and down that list of who they played, Minnesota at Minnesota, they scored 34 points. And you can say, well, they were missing Rashawn Gary. They could have had a couple interceptions instead of, you know, big plays that were made against them. The Vikings were incredibly efficient on third downs and in the red zone. So maybe that was fluky. And then the next week they gave up 28 to the Rams, but it was like, okay, they only really scored it. They scored 10 points after the game was already, or 11 points, excuse me, after the game was already decided. So it was very stat padford type of type of performance there. But then you play the Bears and the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. And I know there's this weird sentiment that Lamar Jackson isn't that good, but Lamar Jackson is a former MVP. And when you're facing his backup, 
that should be something a defense like this feasts on. And you look at the good defenses of the past, you know, the Baltimore or the Baltimore Ravens in 2000, that's like the greatest defense ever, but like uh, them, 85 bears, Legion of boom, but even like the defenses that aren't at that all time level, the San Francisco 49ers of 2019, they devour an offense like that and make it incredibly difficult and to make it look like they're not even on the same field. Green Bay was a two point conversion. Like you mentioned, away from blowing a 14-point lead to a backup quarterback in less than seven minutes. That is unacceptable, I think, for a team that is going to be looking to, like you mentioned, you didn't you mentioned mobile quarterbacks, but in the playoffs, Kyler Murray, mobility aside, was an MVP candidate until very recently. Dak Prescott, very good. Tom Brady's the most accomplished quarterback in the history of the sport. You think he can't dice up a defense that's given up 30 points to Tyler Huntley? Even without Chris Godwin, that's something that would terrify me. So this defense needs to get back on track. Those same questions that we had, and the questions at the beginning of the season were valid because this Packers defense has never been great with the Smith brothers and Alexander and Savage and Amos and this group that they've had really for the last three years. They've been good. In 2019, they were pretty good. Made a lot of big plays. Last year, they were good, average, whatever you want to call them, but they've never been great. And you always have this feeling in the back of your head of the saying is always like, well, they have Aaron Rodgers. So how good do they really have to be? It's like, well, we've seen that for the last 10 years. Where does that lead you? A really disappointing and heartbreaking playoff loss is the answer over the last 10 years in a scenario like that. So this defense has to start picking it up and they have to start doing it on Sun Saturday against a Cleveland team that is decimated by injuries. They have a good running game but their passing game isn't much to speak of right now, regardless of who's playing quarterback. They don't have very, they have Jarvis Landry, who is kind of an extension of a running game type of receiver and Donovan Peoples Jones, who's having a nice ish year as a second year player, but they don't have a lot of big name weapons that can beat you all over the field. The way some of these offenses they're going to face in the playoffs do. So you got to be able to control some games against this. I think the Packers defense needs to start doing that now because you want to be in a good spot where, this team is probably going to be the number one seed. So you want to have some good feelings going into that potential bye week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, and you know, so a couple of things here. The first thing that I noticed from the game was we talked about the mobile quarterback. You also mentioned Mark Andrews, though, uh, the tight end position, which, you know, I mean, if, if we're really being honest about this defense, you know, here we are, you know, how many years later still talking about the same two problems with this defense, regardless of who the players on the field are, is mobile quarterbacks are giving them problems and they can't seem right now to cover the tight end. And I, I know like football, especially at the NFL level is a very complex game and it's very easy to say, well, make an adjustment for X, right? And we can all sit there and say that, and it may not necessarily be that easy, but it also like to some extent, like it can't also be that complicated that I have to sit there and watch the Ravens do the exact same thing over and over and over again. And an NFL team saying, well, we can't do anything to change, you know? So what do you think it is Jacob about this team that like, again, like after the first half was over, I figured green Bay was going to at least do something to try, you know, whether it was, I mean, Savage was covering Mark Andrews for most of the first half. It seemed like, and he seemed to really struggle with that. And I mean, I was at the point where I was just like, literally pick anyone else at this point. And like, it can't possibly get worse to admit. And now again, that's probably where I'm wrong, but like just the idea that it wasn't working for Savage. So were they making adjustments and it just wasn't working or like, why does it seem like when we're watching a game that teams can just do the same thing over and over and over again and green Bay doesn't really seem to adjust to it. Yeah. Based on a watch live and a rewatch that I did earlier this week, they did make adjustments. Uh, Kevin King was eventually guarding Mark Andrews in some key situations. And that went about as you'd imagine it would and then you also add in this game was very Mike Petney. Uh, and I mean that from the standpoint of it was very vanilla and game plan. It almost felt like the Packers defense was telling the Ravens, we can beat you with our basic stuff based on your quarterback and your supporting cast. And to the Ravens credit, they were patient enough to just kind of walk the ball down the field. I mean, their last two possessions were like every first down play felt like a five yard out to Hollywood Brown. And they were willing to just take that and be in second and fives and then third and threes. And then on third and three, they were playing nine yards off the ball. And it was a simple, just quick stick route. Mark Andrews, first down running back first down and they get all the way down the field. And then, and then you add in that you have the running quarterback that can escape the pocket and get you on some gash plays for 10, 12, 15 yards. Like Huntley was able to do. And I do want to give the Ravens credit. 
because I think when you have some of these discussions, it almost feels like we're talking about these teams as if the Packers are the only team worthy of playing professional football. And the Ravens are paid to play professional football as well. And add in the Ravens, you always kind of knew this game was going to be a little wonky. It was going to be a little odd. Interconference opponent, uncommon opponent. They're well coached. The entire Harbaugh family, that whole family has good coaches throughout it starting with Jack Harbaugh and then, of course, Jim Harbaugh all the way to John Harbaugh now in the NFL. John Harbaugh is a really good coach. That team is very confident. They clearly believe that they had something for this Packers team. They just didn't have the horses to pull it off. That being said, Green Bay did make adjustments, and I think one of the weird things about Twitter and some of this basic analysis is, well, they didn't make any adjustments. They're always making adjustments, always even in the nfc championship game against the 49ers where everybody was like they didn't make any adjustments they just let the niners run all over them they didn't let the niners do anything the niners were just able to do that because they were built in such a way to beat the piss out of you for four quarters and the packers had that happen to them over and over and over again in that particular time they made their adjustments they just didn't work and and that's where your criticism becomes fair you could say well why didn't you know savage didn't work and then you roll into some man coverages with Kevin King. Like there was a fourth and ball game. Kevin King, who on this team right now is their sixth best cover player, give or take. I'm not going to count them all out for you, but give or take your sixth best cover player should not be covering the other team's best player. You know, that is a situation where, you know, I use the Rams. I watched the Rams play last night against the Seahawks, for example. And on any third down, Jalen Ramsey followed DK Metcalf. So that's who they're going to try and beat us with. I'm putting my best player on them. Now the Packers, thankfully, later in the game, were able to get their best cover player on Mark Andrews. Eric Stokes was there. But they weren't able to do that on fourth and ball game for whatever reason. That's where you say like, hey, if, if Hollywood Brown or Rashad Bateman or somebody like that beats Kevin King, cool, but I'm not going to let Mark Andrews do it. And for whatever reason, they didn't do that. So, yes, they made adjustments. They just didn't work. So the other thing that I was wondering about, and you never – outside of quarterback, you always want to be careful about how much you want to say that one player makes a difference because, uh, it I mean, it's just really not the case outside of quarterback that, you know, one player usually does make the difference. But looking back at the Ravens game and then looking forward to the, to the Browns game here – how much did Green Bay miss Kenny Clark during the Ravens game? And um, I, I, as of right now, I haven't seen anything about whether Kenny Clark is currently off the COVID list. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, hopefully he is. Um, but what does it mean for the Packers this weekend as well if he is unable to play? I mean, it still seems like a game that, again, they shouldn't need him to win. Uh, being at home against an inconsistent Browns team right now. But, I mean, just – how much of last weekend was due to the fact that one of the best defensive tackles in the league wasn't playing? It matters. Kenny Clark is the Packers best player on the defensive side of the ball, perhaps. Um, so that's always going to matter. He's an all pro. He's a force in the middle of the defensive line and the drop off. This is something we talk about a lot, right? Like Zadarius Smith hasn't played at all basically this season, but the Packers have Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, both having really good years. So the drop off isn't as dramatic. Whereas it's Tyler Lancaster and TJ Slayton and Dean Lowry and nothing against those guys, but those are Jags or a rookie in Slayton's case. Kenny Clark is one of the best players in the sport at his position. So yes, that does matter. And it certainly mattered 
uh, on Sunday afternoon. The good news is Matt LaFleur did say today they do expect to be able to get him back by Saturday. And I would push back a little bit on you saying it's somebody they won't need because I think they do need him. To, I'm not saying they can't win without him, and I think that's what you meant. But or Yes, I, that I, is what I meant. So I don't think they can't win without him, but this Browns team is willing. They're more than happy to, and what the Packers defense kind of relies on is you just grow impatient with your running game and feel like you have to throw the ball against an Aaron Rodgers offense that's going to score. And the Browns are more than happy to just turn and hand the ball to Nick Chubb 30 times a game if they have to. And Kareem Hunt, they have the best one-two punch at running back in the NFL. And I say that with all due respect to obviously Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, but if you're drawing it up, Chubb and Hunt is a better group right now than Jones and Dillon. And they're more than happy to just beat you over the head with those guys all the way down the field. They have a very good offensive line. You're going to need some guys to make some plays in that running game so that second and six is a win, you know, for the offense. Second and four, second and five, you know, you need to get it to where it's second and 10, second and nine, winning on those early downs. You talk about that a lot, right? Mike Patton used to talk about that all the time. And I know that I believe it was Ben Fennel used to say stopping the runs, like eating your vegetables, right? You eat the vegetables and then you earn the right for dessert. Dessert in this case is going to rush the passer. And if it's Baker Mayfield on Saturday, which I suspect it will be, then yeah, there's some opportunities in the passing game to where Baker may turn the ball over and he likes to hold on to the ball. And the Packers have beaten up quarterbacks that like to hold on to the ball. But if it's third and three, third, and you've seen this even with Aaron Rodgers, you know, third and 10 isn't a big deal to Aaron Rodgers, but it's a hell of a lot harder than third and three is. And the Packers offense has been much better down the stretch of this season because they've been able to win on those early downs. So yes, I think they need Clark back. And I think that was a big part of, of Sunday's game, but at the same time, that excuse kind of falls on deaf ears. When you look at this Ravens offense that was missing, I think they, they showed a graphic during the game between injured reserve COVID and basic inactives. The Ravens were missing 22 players. For those of you that are mathematicians, that's an entire football team, offense and defense. It is phenomenal to me what the Ravens are able to do again, John Harbaugh is getting a lot of crap for going for two each of the last two of the last three weeks or something like that to try and win a game. But I could not be more surprised by the job that he's done with that team, considering the group that he's had to throw out there. And we've seen teams do much worse with better. Well, so that brings us into the Browns game. And one thing that I wanted to kind of talk about, it sounds like this week, there's no Bakhtiari this week. Nope. Um, no Jair, it sounds like, for Saturday. And Zadarius Smith, I mean, I th I think we're reaching a point with him where some people are thinking that he just may not even be back, like, at all this year. I've talked about this a lot on this show, too, while you were gone and everything, Nick. Like, Zadarius Smith, that's a back injury. I've never met anybody that used to have back injuries. So that was always going to be a challenge. The concern now that you have with Bakhtiari is that LaFleur said they're giving him the week off. Well, is your plan then to hope to get him back for the divisional round, which is in uh, three weeks from now, four weeks from now, and hope that way? I would think, I thought, maybe hoped that the plan was to get him some game action before the postseason started. Because realistically, I mean, let's be honest, guys. If Green Bay wins two and Dallas loses to either Washington or Arizona, the one seed is done. It's wrapped up. It's over. If Green Bay wins the next three, obviously then, of course, the one seed is wrapped up in that case as well. But Green Bay is going to be favored in all three of those games. So the one seed feel, I'm not going to call it a certainty because any given Saturday or Sunday, but 
you got to feel pretty good about your chances to get the one seed. So I would think that the Packers were hoping to get those guys back to get them some game action. I don't know. I know Alexander's 21 day window expires, not this week, obviously, but next week to activate him. But you've seen they activated Bakhtiari and he hasn't played yet. So I think that you almost Alexander's continue to practice. That's helpful. Bakhtiari not practicing is a concern. And I'm not sure if you're going to get, I would be very surprised if they get Zedarius back and at least mildly surprised if they get Bakhtiari back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I mean, my thing with these guys now is really they are they are trade rumors for the Packers for me. I'm approaching them as trade rumors, which is I will believe that they are back when I actually see it. And I'm just going to operate under the assumption that they're they're not coming back at all this year. Um, and, you know, one of the things, too, that is very interesting is, you know, you you've mentioned getting these guys game reps before the end of the year, which I'm sure we would all love to have. But somebody had mentioned uh, the other day that, you know, especially for Bakhtiari, like he's not playing this weekend. And if he doesn't play against the Vikings and they get what they need that weekend and the Lions game becomes irrelevant for the one seed, right? You would imagine at that point that most of the starters aren't going to play in that Lions game more than likely, and which would probably include him. And so you're looking at potentially his first game being back in the divisional round. And I mean, you know, there's some feeling and Jacob, you tell me what you think about this, but like, is it, whether or not it's fair, and obviously Bakhtiari will say he's up for it, but I mean, how much of a, I mean, that's got to be a pretty big challenge to not play for over a year and then come to Bakhtiari and say, hey, by the way, your first game back with no reps, no nothing, is the divisional round protecting Aaron Rodgers' blindside. Like, I mean, like, how do you, I mean, again, obviously if they feel he's ready, he's going to say, yes, I'm ready to go. But I mean, like, would you be concerned at, 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 at any point there in the divisional round that, you know, again, Bakhtiari is great as he is. I mean, we don't know anything about how his leg is doing right now um, as far as, you know, what it's going to be like when you put him in, in game action. Yeah, for everybody that has lost track of time, it'll be one year ago on Monday that Bakhtiari played his last game uh, for the Packers, which was that December 27th beatdown of the Tennessee Titans at Lambeau Field. And then it'll be a year ago uh, next Friday for when he tore his ACL. Um, So it's been around the appropriate timeline. But yeah, I'm with you that it would be concerning to just have his first game of the year in a year be the divisional playoff round because now you're talking about a game against Von Miller, Micah Parsons, Shaq Barrett, 
like name your stud pass rusher and all it takes in a playoff game. We've seen it. One strip sack, one big third down sack, one missed blocking assignment on a third and short because he's just not all the way back. And David Bakhtiari is great. He's one of the best players in the league at his position. I understand all that, but it's a lot. It's, I believe it was Andy Herman and forgive me Podfather if I'm wrong. That said, this isn't like Madden where you just plug a guy in and he's a 97. And that's where I think some of this analysis gets lost on injuries is like, you can't just plug a guy back in some guys like Aaron Rodgers is a 99 in Madden on a given week. He could be a 91 and 85, you know, just whatever it works. That's how football works. That's why I think Madden has ruined Madden and fantasy football. Those two things are absolute poison to football analysis in general, because everybody thinks it's just as simple as, okay, Pulled hamstring, he's out for two weeks because that's how long it takes in Madden. And when he's back, bang, he's full go. And it doesn't always work that way. So, yes, I would be concerned if Bakhtiari's first game back was in the divisional round. And I just mentioned those guys. I didn't even mention, like, what if that's Nick Bosa? Like, the 49ers are the team you're looking at right now. If I am a potential division winner wild card game, I do not want any part of seeing the San Francisco 49ers as my opponent because that team is very talented. They're well-coached. And they have Nick Bosa and Bosa to me is on the short list of defensive player of the year type of candidates. And if green Bay saw him that first week, I know they beat Bosa and company with Yosh Nyman and a kind of a makeshift offensive line earlier in the year, but that was a long time ago and having Bakhtiari's first game back. Yeah, that would be a concern. And it's a concern regardless of who they're playing, forget the fact that it would be any one of those pass rushers. Absolutely. Well, real quick, Jacob, this Saturday, you're going to be at Lambeau Field Christmas Day. Um, real quick, what are, you, what are you feeling based on what we've seen from the Packers so far this year and what we've seen from the Browns? You know, this is the, the part of the year where I don't like it as much. You'd mentioned that Green Bay is, you know, favored more than likely in all of their last their final three games, um, which is Part of the reason why I haven't, why I didn't like last weekend against the Ravens, the injuries kind of gave you this false sense of security of like, all right, you're not playing Lamar Jackson, so it should be a walk in the park. But like you said, all the other 31 teams in the NFL are play paid to win NFL games. So, I mean, I think we all feel pretty confident about this, but I mean, if, if, if Green Bay is going to somehow lose this game, it is because of what? Inability to stop Nick Chubb and the, inability to block if Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney are both, both are either hobbled or on the COVID list. Those guys can wreck a game. Garrett and, and Clowney both can wreck a game. And then you add in that they have Denzel Ward, so they're not going to have to devote as many players to Devontae Adams in the passing game. The Packers receiving core is quietly depleted now with Marquez Valdez-Scantling being on the COVID list. Randall Cobb is on injured reserve. They're going to be missing some of their guys. It becomes kind of a question of where do the targets go uh, in that scenario. I mean, obviously they have confidence in Lazard, Equinemius St. Brown practice today, so he looks to be out of the concussion protocol, which can help. But if they were to lose this game, it would be because the Browns are able to dominate the game on the ground, shorten the game from a time of possession standpoint, and then just pin their ears back and beat up Aaron Rodgers, which is certainly possible with that group that they have. Now, if Garrett and Clowney can't go or are compromised versions of themselves – Again, when you have to, I know I keep using this phrase, but like when you have to turn a game into a rock fight, then you've seen, I don't mean to keep using the Iowa Hawkeyes as a reference point, but 
you've seen how Iowa operates on a yearly basis. They win the games that they're supposed to. They're able to steal maybe a game against a more talented team. But more often than not, when they play a team that's more talented than they are, you see what happened in the Big Ten championship game where Michigan was able to beat them 42-3. to I'm not saying Green Bay is going to win 42-3, to but if your goal for the game is shorten it and try and steal it late, then that becomes a problem because the Packers are able to put up points in bunches on a very quick and efficient type of level. But that is how they would have to be able to do it. All right. Well, it'll be – Nonetheless, it's going to be a fun Christmas day, if nothing more than just being able to watch the Packers. Um, You know, the only thing that I will say that I don't like about playing on Christmas Day is, I mean, there is no faster way to ruin your Christmas day than to be sitting there at, you know, about 630 Central Time and the Packers are not winning. So, uh, but with that being said, uh, Jacob, real quick, uh, people want to follow your work, follow you on Twitter. How do they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. I will be back next week with Marquez Valdez-Scantling on Tuesday night, previewing Packers versus Vikings, which could be a clinching type of game, which is always fun to think and talk about. And of course, Game on Wisconsin, you can find the Pick 6 podcast, which airs every Wednesday. Uh, next week, I'll be talking with Ivan Carter, uh, Minneapolis, former Minneapolis guy, former beat writer for several different teams. And he's a Vikings fan, so I'll get to point and laugh at him for a little bit. So that should be a lot of kinds of fun, but otherwise, yeah, check us out there. And then uh, thanks for, you know, everything you guys have done for, for me over the last, what, two years or three, I think this is my third year with pack a day. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, I appreciate being able to to bring you guys content and sit here in the basement and, and talk about the Packers because what the hell else would I rather be doing? Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah. That, and uh, no Maggie this week. Um, she just had other things going on tonight, was busy. You can find uh, her on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. She writes two articles a week for Cheesehead TV, and she does the Packs What She Said podcast with Perry Goldstein. And with the code PWSS, you can save, I think it's 15% on a Manscaped product. So please feel free to do that. Hey, there you go, Maggie. You didn't even have to be on the show and you got a free plug. So um, thank you, Jacob, for for doing that. That was done very, very well. Uh, but yeah, she should be back with us next week, uh, I would anticipate. But uh, And also you can follow me on Twitter at uh, ProducerNickLB, I believe it is. I don't even check my Twitter handle enough to actually know if that's fully correct. I think that's correct. Um, But, uh, yeah, Jacob will correct me if I'm wrong, so what does it matter? Uh, And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. There will be an unboxing, quote, uh, video of my wife's uh, Christmas gift this year, which is Packer-related. So I can give that little bit away. It is Packer-related. So if you're interested in seeing her reaction to that, to the best Christmas gift. I vote that Andy Herman should use your video as a daily video one of his pack of daily videos that he uses. So Andy, if you're listening and care about my opinion at all, which you absolutely should not use Nick's video for Annie opening her Christmas present as one of our bonus videos. All right. Well, there you go. Well, thank you again so much, everyone for listening. Uh, Have a great Christmas. If you're a Christmas celebrator, if not have a great holiday end of the year um, and enjoy the hell out of the Packers game this Saturday. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, Go Pack Go! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.